It's time for the PSL Radio Show. For all you need to know about the Premier Soccer League, fixtures, results, and all the latest news. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. PSL Radio Show. Well, approaching 28 minutes to 7 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Yes, uh, apology accepted, Sikim Goedeli. Always, uh, always okay, I suppose, if the apology comes. It's, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than, than it is to ask for permission. That's it. Uh, we've got a busy show for you on the uh, SFM Sports Wrap today, the PSL Radio Show, Second Jolly. We're talking football to the top of the hour. And indeed, we have got uh, an exciting guest in the studio who we'll introduce momentarily. We'll also keep you updated on what's happening at the French Open. Roland Garros, this women's semi-finals... Uh, day and uh, we'll give you details on what's happening in the cricket as well where Sri Lanka are uh, up against India. In fact, uh, let me give you a brief score from the tennis before we go to uh, Roland Garros where Chris Bowers is standing by semi-final day. Uh, I can tell you that uh, Simona Halep and uh, Pliskova, they're uh, up against one another in the second semi-final as uh, Ostapenko beat Bashinsky earlier. Halep currently leads Pliskova four games to two. They're at deuce in the opening set. Uh, cricket news, I can tell you that Sri Lanka find themselves uh, chasing India in reply to the 321 for 6 in the 8th match of the ICC Champions Trophy at the Oval in London. We'll get details from Johan Leroux shortly as well, but Sri, uh, Sri Lanka going along quite nicely, 246 for 3. Uh, less than 40 overs played already, so they only need 76 of 62 balls, and they've got seven wickets in hand. Rugby news, Springbok coach Alistair Kutsia has included the uncapped quartet of Andres Kutsia, Raymond Rule, Cotnell Scorsan, and Ross Cronier in his starting 15 for Saturday's first test against France at Loftus Farsfeld. Uh, fifth uncapped player, Dylan Lates, is on the bench. Eighth man, Warren Whiteley, will become the 58th Springbok captain, and Cronier will become South Africa's 50th test scrum half on Saturday. Experienced and versatile France Stain, the 2007 Rugby World Cup winner centres on the bench for what will be his first test for South Africa since September 2012 when he played against the All Blacks in Dunedin. The new look Springbok match 23 though only has seven survivors from the team that played against Wales last November. Four of those are starting, namely Whiteley, Elton Yankees, Franco Mostert and Tendai and Tawarira. Meanwhile, uh, Peter Steff, Toy Bungi Bonambi and Stephen Kitchoff also played in Cardiff, find themselves on the bench. The uh, French though have made 11 changes to the side that last turned out in the Six Nations with only Bryce to Lyon, uh, Gael Ficou, Virimi Vakatawa and uh, Louis Picamont returning, uh, remaining from that win over Wales. Uh, Henri Chavancy of Racing 92 makes the first start for France at outside centre, while Maxime Marchenot and Jules Pisson uh, forming the halfback uh, pairing. Picamont is joined in the back row by Luan Gojun, Jakuba Kamara, while the new lock combination partners uh, Captain Yuan Maestri and Julien Dladevedek together. Further afield, Junior Springboks romped to an 11-try 72-14 bonus point victory against Argentina in their final pool match at the Rugby World uh, Under-20 Championships in Tbilisi earlier. The South African under-20s produced a solid all-round performance. They outplayed Argentina with uh, hooker Johan Krobler and winger Gianni Lombard each crossing the try line twice to secure a semi-final berth. Football news for you. Supersport United's new coach Eric Tinkler has explained his decision to move back to Gauteng despite a fruitful maiden season with start-up club Cape Town City. Tinkler explained that uh, his decision that took him a few days uh, 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 took him a few days after learning of the Chinese side's interest, but it's confident it's the right one based on the track record of former coaches such as Pizzo Musimani and Gavin Hunt. 
this is a successful club. It's a club that's been in the top eight for past 17 years. They haven't finished lower than the top eight. They've, they've been in numerous finals. They've won numerous finals. They've won league titles. It's a well-established football club that also has a fantastic youth system. All of that was, was important for, for me to have made the decision that I made, believe it or not. It didn't have anything to do with the fact that I'm a Gauteng-born boy because my family's there now. Now I've got the, the same problem I had six months ago. I'm moving away from the family. No, it's, it's like, the, like I said, this is the success of the club and the ambition of the club. Not that uh, Cape Town City is not ambitious, don't get me wrong. They are an extremely ambitious club and they have an ambitious uh, boss in John Comedies. But I think for the progression of my, my career, this right now was a, was a great move because we see the progression of a guy like Gavin and where he's gone and we see Pizzo, he started here and where he's gone and you know and I don't want to sit and emulate exactly what they've achieved you know I want to better it if possible and then just finally in cycling German youngster Phil Bauhaus won a bunch sprint in the fifth stage of the Criterium du Dauphiné this afternoon the flat stage precedes three days in the mountains where the former Tour de France favourites Chris Froome Alberto Contador and Richie Porte will be studied on some iconic climbs Belgium's Thomas de Ghent of Lotto retains the overall lead ahead of Porte and Alejandro Valverde with Froome and Contador both close behind and that's your sports news PSL Radio Show proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League Let's talk uh, cricket now before we uh, begin with the football proper. I can tell you that Sri Lanka find themselves at 250 for three in reply to India's 321 for six in the eighth match of the ICC Champions Trophy. They're playing at the Oval in London. Johan LaRue is uh, watching all the action in this Group B encounter. And uh, Johan, uh, good to have you along. Uh, 250 for three, it looks like they're, they're romping home. What's it, 72 odd runs with 57 balls, seven wickets in, in hand. But it's, it's never quite so easy, is it? Thank you very much, Dwayne. Uh, it's not that easy, but uh, I think with two settled batsmen at the crease, Sri Lanka will definitely back themselves to reach their target. Uh, Angela Matthews is on 24 and Kizil Pereira on 39. At one stage in this run chase, I thought Sri Lanka might just have thrown it away because they had two settled batsmen at the crease in Gunathilaka and, and Mendes as well. And then both of them were run out in quite unnecessary fashion, just uh, setting off for singles that really didn't need to be taken at that stage in the, the 30s. 33rd over of the innings because they were comfortably cruising at uh, that point but uh, Pereira came in and Matthews came in and they settled things very very nicely and at the moment the two are hitting boundaries all over the place and, and credit to Sri Lanka at, at, in the beginning of this innings the Indian bowlers were extremely good they were on song they were just hitting the lines and length that they needed to and they made it very difficult for the Sri Lankan batsmen they got through that period and now they are bearing the fruits because they could just be on their way to a victory and and that, of course, is very interesting for the Group B encounter, or the, for the Group B at the ICC Champions Trophy, because it does mean that uh, South Africa's game against India will be a must-win clash, and it also means that the winner of the Sri Lanka-Pakistan match will progress to the semi-finals. So it's probably the best result for the neutral fan, not a good result for the Proteas, but uh, yeah, Sri Lanka at the moment needing 67 off of 54 with seven wickets in hand. Well, it does uh, set up an intriguing tie. Just a quick question on Shikhar Dhawan, uh, referring to the Indian innings here. How was Dhawan's place so fiercely debated in India before this tournament? 
Yeah, I, I don't know, especially because Darwin is just a man for the big occasions. Uh, he, he scored his fifth century in in ICC cha- in ICC events. Uh, he's had he's played 15 innings in in ICC events, and it was his fifth century. That really is great figures to have. He's a man that always steps up when it gets to these big tournaments, and especially that opening partnership that he has with uh, Rohit Sharma. They always seem to deliver. It was the third time in a row that they passed a hundred partnership. So definitely uh, two of the best opening bats. In, in world cricket, in world ODI cricket at the moment, and uh, also Emma Stoney contributing towards the end. So India looking a very, very dangerous side. And I mentioned it a few times uh, earlier that the Proteas will definitely be looking at this match, and they probably be a little bit concerned just looking at the quality of this India batting lineup. It's just referring to the fielding very uh, quickly. The, the Indian fielding doesn't seem to be quite on, on, on form as it has been in recent months. It's, uh, is there a little something going on in the field with India today, or were they just having an off day as, as South Africa did perhaps against Pakistan? Yeah, a little bit sloppy, I think, at times. And I think just a lot of loss of concentration that we've seen in the field today. But I think that ha- often happens when you are on the back foot. And, and uh, it only takes one or two wickets and, and the, the team spirits to be lifted. And then all of a sudden, those, those uh, little fumbles in the field just seem to sort themselves out. But, uh, yeah, it's probably just a, an off day for them. But I, I think it's because they felt they bowled really, really well early on. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get... To, they only picked up that one wicket of the Quella. They thought... Th- th- sorry, they thought that they deserved more. Uh, but the Sri Lankan batsmen, credit to them, they really stuck it out. And, and they are probably on track to make history because uh, the highest previous run chase at the Oval was, uh, I think, uh, 307, if I'm not mistaken. So they needed to make history to, to reach this run chase at the Oval. And they, they seem well on track to do it. Well, it is going to be an intriguing finish, as you say. It has uh, potentially uh, <laughs> very interesting consequences for, uh, indeed, the uh, the advancing teams, or uh, which one of these teams will actually advance. So which two of these four teams in Group B, with South Africa and Pakistan as well, also involved in uh, Group B, eventually advancing. And thanks for your uh, time this evening. Go and enjoy the conclusion of this intriguing tie. Thanks, Dwayne. In focus this Sunday, allegations on President Jacob Zuma's relationship with the Gupta family have been in the news for some time. This led to the state of capture report by the previous public protector. In the past two weeks, the media has reported on the so-called Gupta leaks. Thousands of emails on the Gupta family's alleged involvement in state matters. This week, we look into the legal implications. Focus, incisive and insightful. Sunday evening at 6, only on SABC2. Institutions and or individuals are hereby invited to nominate persons to fill vacancies of non-executive members to the board of South African Broadcasting Corporation Limited, as stipulated in Section 13 of the Broadcasting Act No. 4 of 1999. Nominations and inquiries must be addressed to the Portfolio Committee on Communications. Attention, Mr. Temengosing Goma, Committee Secretary, 3rd Floor, 90 Plain Street, Cape Town, 8001, or emailed to tngoma at parliament.gov.za or fax to 086-522-5740. Telephonic inquiries can be made to 021403-3733 or 083-709-8407. Closing date for nominations is Friday the 30th of June 2017 at 4pm. Please note that nominees may be subjected to a qualifications check and security clearance. Late submissions will not be considered. Hello, this is Iris Cupido, CEO of the SABC Foundation calling on all South Africans to play their part and support relief efforts for the people affected by the Cape Storms and especially those affected by ravaging fires in Neisner. 
If you can't support with your feet on the ground or by providing food parcels and other resources, please donate to the Gift of the Givers and other NGOs who are working with first responders so that we can come together as a country and as a people and help where it's needed most. For more details, call toll-free 0800-786-911. This is an SABC Foundation-supported initiative. SL Radio Show. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader, coming up for 16 minutes to uh, 7 on SFM. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, world of football now. It certainly has been an intriguing uh, round of football. I can tell you earlier as well, Venezuela earlier reaching their first ever FIFA final. They edged Uruguay 4-3 on penalties in their under-20 World Cup semi-final. And then Liverpool-bound Dominic Solanke struck twice as England beat Italy 3-1 to reach the under-20 final for the first time in their history. So it certainly is uh, an intriguing time in world football at the moment. But playing for a place in the absolute the Premiership are three teams uh, currently looking for uh, a place in the Absa Premiership next season and yesterday Barocca took a big step towards uh, claiming their place back in the Absa Premiership uh, for next season they clinched a 2-1 win over Black Leopards in the uh, promotional playoffs at the Peter Mugaba Stadium yesterday Stellenbosch the third uh, of the uh, trio of teams involved in this playoff. Now, in studio, we've got the uh, legendary Orlando Pirates uh, striker, Pumunzo Menenge, who's uh, now, as well, a uh, gifted and talented television analyst. Uh, Pumunzo, thank you very much for uh, making time for us. Good to chat to you. Thank you for having me, Dwayne. It's good to be in studio with you. Now, halfway stage of these promotional playoffs, just give us your brief overview of, of, of how the teams stand. And do you feel it's uh, Barocca who are in the pound seats here? I think Barocca is in an advantage position because they won their game at home and I think it's very important for teams uh, playing in the playoffs to win their home games. And we know that uh, they will feel hard done by by ending up uh, throwing their game away to Stellenbosch. So I think uh, they are at an advantage uh, position. That is Barocca. You can see that the legal experience that they've gained over the one season or Mm. the season that they've been in the Premiership, they are really showing the experience through the games in the playoffs. I'm going to ask you about that first goal tomorrow, about that first goal yesterday, but we're going to ask you to hold for just a moment, just a moment, it was a little controversial, we'll get the view of uh, Pumuzo Monange as a a former player as well, but let's uh, get straight over to Roland Garros, now in the French capital, uh, Chris Bauer standing by in what is women's single semi-final day, and Chris, thanks for joining us, oh, Tamara Bashinsky, her fine run come to an end. Yes, but uh, I think the future has arrived, Brad, in the form of Yelena Ostapenko. We knew this would be a slightly odd women's singles at the French Open. We're missing Serena Williams. We're missing Maria Sharapova. Uh, the world number one, Angelique Kerber, went out in the first round. So it was always going to be a golden opportunity for someone. And the person to emerge through all this is somebody who's celebrating her 20th birthday today. Her name is Yelena Ostapenko. She's from Latvia. If you don't know where Latvia is, it's a... Small country in northeastern uh, northeastern Europe um, was for much of the 20th century part of the Soviet Union, but they got their independence back um, at the end of the uh, 18, uh, 1989. And uh, they've got a number of tennis players actually. They've produced some good players over the years, and now they've got this player in a Grand Slam singles final, Yelena Ostapenko, and uh, she's a feisty character. She had a little battle um, at the start of last year in Auckland. Um, 
when she was playing a player who said that she should have been disqualified because she was throwing a racket too much. But she's uh, clearly moderated her um, emotional reactions to things that go wrong on a tennis court. She really has channeled her energy. She beat Tamir Bashinsky in three sets. And now she awaits the winner of the match currently on court between Simona Halep and Karolina Pliskova. Halep has had a set point in the first set, and she's serving for it now at 5-4. Uh, it is uh, certainly two contrasting semi-finals, I believe, but uh, Ostapenko, perhaps the future has arrived. Chris, thank you for your insights and opinions. Go and enjoy the rest of the action. CSL Radio Show. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. So we'll keep you updated on what's happening in the tennis and indeed in the uh, cricket. But let's uh, continue talking about the promotional playoffs. Now, uh, in studio with Pumuza Manenje, former Orlando Pirates striker, now television analyst, uh, radio analyst, and uh, the most famous man to come out of Limbobo. When you walk back to <laughs> Black Leopards matches, when you walk back to Barocca, I've seen how the crowd swarm, Pumuzo. It, 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 it must be a pleasing thing, though, to, to, to know that you've... You, you come from Limpopo. You, you're just a regular lad from Limpopo. You've, you've made a great success of your, uh, your life and your career, and, and people are celebrating what you've uh, achieved. All in God's grace and, and mercy, uh, Dwayne, and I think um, it encourages me a lot when I see the response I get from the people back home. And I think it just, uh, for me, I just hope that there's one young star that uh, really wishes that he can also break the boundaries, because when... I had a dream and I needed to break boundaries. I had to believe in myself and uh, in God to assist me in doing that. And I think I've done that. And I think uh, I just hope that these youngsters that are encouraged to go and play pro football in the PSL and beyond. And uh, also these guys that I would be encouraging to pursue their dreams on TV and also on radio. Because if I've done it, why can't they? Many, many platforms indeed, and uh, and rightly so. Uh, you are celebrated, in, not just in Limbobo, but let's talk about Limbobo. Uh, you know, there there are two Limbobo sides in this playoff, so there's a good chance, uh, two-thirds of a chance, effectively, that uh, Limbobo will have a side in the Absa Premiership next season uh, to go with Bulaguani City, who had their best ever finish this past season. Um, but what that means for Stellenbosch is, of course, a great deal of travel. Is, is there a travel disadvantage, you, you think, for, for Stellenbosch? Or should I say, is there an advantage for the Limbopo sides in the fact that they, they are playing effectively home matches when they're playing away matches against one another? It does affect Stellenbosch because they, they are doing a lot of uh, travelling to, to Limbopo during these playoffs. And I think that uh, they have got a very capable technical team that will be uh, regenerating the players uh, I'm speaking about uh, Sammy Trotten and also uh, Coach Parker. They are experienced enough. They've been in the game for a while. They know that it's not a time to load players. That is more of a time to just regenerate mm-hmm. and make sure that they save their best energies for the games, not for training. Well, that's important that you touch on that because uh, Steve Park and Sammy Trotten have both been in this position with the University of Pretoria before uh, and indeed Sammy Trotten also with uh, Black Aces in seasons gone by so that they have the know-how to actually get through uh, and advance the side but Sammy Trotten said that one of, the, one of the key factors at this stage of the season certainly in the playoffs is simply holding your nerve do you think we're seeing enough of it from, from the teams involved in this playoff? 
I think uh, Stellenbosch was a bit lucky in uh, over the weekend when they were playing Black Leopards because I felt that uh, Black Leopards were all Dominant. over them, Dominant. especially in the first half. I think they missed uh, seven uh, chances that they had, good chances that is Black Leopards. But you could see the experience of some of the players and the coaches of Stellenbosch because the second half was a different ball game because you could see the defensive lines and the discipline in the players. I'm speaking about the likes of Mamani Young, uh, Manti Makoa in midfield you know David Boysen at the back so in terms of their spine uh, they are, they've got experienced players that can lead uh, the youngsters in 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 keeping the discipline that is Stellenbosch but on the other side I, I felt that Black Leopards just needed somebody to put the ball in the back of the net because they created all the opportunities to talking about uh, Leonard Njanga as the captain in midfield jersey number 10 and uh, I felt that Ivan Mwanguhaya was also good but also the threat from Black Leopards I think it comes more from their fullbacks who join regularly uh, the combination play going forward so I think in terms of uh, the most entertaining team of these players I would say Black Leopards, Black Leopards yeah. are definitely entertaining I'm with you on that and Mwanguhaya I think has been uh, Outstanding. I think Matloha going on the overlap as well down the left flank is, I, I think it's fantastic. It, uh, not to confuse with uh, Richard Matloha of uh, Baroka, that is. Uh, but certainly you're right about the entertainment. They had 19 shots a goal against Stellenbosch and that goalless draw, and they still couldn't find a goal. And that wasn't because of great goalkeeping, let's, uh, let's be fair. They were a little wayward with their shooting, but ultimately there it does come back to, to that, that comment of, of Sammy Trouton in the sense that a lot of this comes down to holding your nerve. It's about the mental side of the game. Barocca might have an advantage in that returning, though, for Saturday's match, which is Barocca against Stellenbosch. They have Litladi Marabanya returning from a suspension. Marabanya has won the league title three consecutive times with Supersport United. Uh, he, he's somebody who knows what goes on. He, he can grind out a game. And he was... In my opinion, one of the one of the people who changed Barocca's season in the latter half of it and helped them avoid automatic relegation. How do you see the influence of some of the players like Marabanya? How do you think he's going to impact, in particular, uh, the the two remaining fixtures? Maybe before I talk about Marabanya, Dwayne, I'll tell you the gap that was left by Manti. Mokua in the first game uh, of Stellenbosch, he was yeah. suspended. He and Adonis, yeah, that's right. When, when you see, when you saw the game over the weekend, you could see the discipline that he brings with the experience that he has for playing uh, for Marisbeck United, the likes yes. of Orlando Pirates. Coming back to your question, though, uh, Madhuvanya, he comes back into that midfield to really come in and. Uh, bring that steel in terms of uh, the midfield for Barocca but uh, he is going to have to be the coach will decide who does he drop because I felt that Mutanzane did very well against Black Leopards so did uh, Nyasha Mushek in, in that um, I mean uh, Munezi. Munezi in yeah. that midfield you know I felt that he did very well so for the coach it will be very important to bring the experience but also I feel that the other advantage for Barocca is they have gone to Cape Town they have stolen a point so for them I don't see yeah. them playing an away game because they just need to go to their neighbours in Tando. So, in terms of Barocca, they've played the hardest game of the playoffs. So, they've, they've gone away. They've snatched a point from Stellenbosch. They won their first home game. Interestingly, they're the only team that won their home game in the first round of fixtures. And ultimately, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about winning your home games and then collecting points on the road. So, they've done what they've needed to because they're on top of the standings, four points from two games. And in you saying that the, their next uh, away game would only be the last game of the uh, of the playoffs, and it's and not far away. It's not far away. <laughs> so they they would wish that by the time they go to to that daunting uh, Tando Stadium, they would have uh, secured uh, a, a place in the Premiership again. You know. So in terms of them, they would 
like to win their next game so that when they go to to Black Leopards, you know how the crowd is in Black Leopards. You know they go, they're gonna mm. bully the, the the players and they're gonna pull uh, uh, them at any opportunity they get. But as you're saying, experienced players take it. We saw Stellenbosch taking it over the weekend, so we just hope that if Barocca can keep their nerve in Tando Stadium, I think they are as good as staying in the Piazza. The downside, though, is always the coaching wagon wheel that, that, that seems to turn. Milton Lamini came in uh, co-coach with Holoku uh, Tobajan after the suspension of Jekyll Zakala and the reinstatement of Tobajan in the coach. It was a bit of a, a coaching merry-go-round. It disorientated the players, and certainly they were they were feeling that they uh, they were being shoved around a little with the coaching changes during the season. Milton Lamini takes the side of the playoffs now and is on suspension yet again. So, from a player's perspective, it's it's difficult, I suppose, going through this. What what do you think it's like for the players, and are they are they up to it by themselves? I mean, how do you how do you get through it? It's really difficult, doing because as a player, you need to focus on your own game. You need to to focus on the opponents that you're going to be coming up against. But having an added pressure as to who do you listen to uh, on match day is also confusing. But I think uh, in terms of the Barocca players, I'll applaud them because I felt that the coaching changes would affect them against Black Leopards yesterday, but they seem to keep their calm. But we must also give credit to the likes of Panch Masinamela, who's the most yeah. experienced player that was playing yesterday. Also their captain, uh, Shaku at the back, uh, he's a leader. He leads by example because he's... Uh, He's the toughest nail at the back, you know, and he doesn't let anything go through. But I will still feel that uh, Barroca's weakest link remains their goalkeeping department. Oh, by a long way. Uh, look, Oscar Masluka scored a cracker of a goal against Orlando Pirates earlier in the season, November last year. Four minutes into added time, the bicycle kick that everybody talked about, people still recall it. I remember it as clear as day. I know Siobhan's nodding at the moment. It's, 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 it's that type of goal. It, it, despite the fact that it, uh, Orlando Pirates fans were, were devastated by that killer blow, his goalkeeping has not stuck out this season, and that is a concern. Let's talk about their opponents, though. Yesterday, Jean-Francois Lechuto, the, the Leopards coach, was furious at the opening goal. How did you see... Barocca's opening goal, because the Leopards goalkeeper, Muleka, was knocked out in a collision with uh, Sipo Mueti, and then he teed it up, Letualo scores. Do you, do you feel it was a controversial goal? I feel it was a controversial goal because I felt the Leopards goalkeeper had the ball in control, and uh, I'm not saying that uh, Mueti intended in, uh, in yeah. knocking his head, but accidentally so. Uh, Sipo Mueti ended up knocking the, the Black Leopards goalkeeper and he dropped the ball. And and from where I was sitting or from where I was watching, it was lights off doing. Immediately, yeah. Sipo Mueti's knee came into contact with his head. It was lights off. And I felt that with a head injury, the referee needs to stop the game immediately because he stops the game if two players collide uh, with their heads. But this time it was a knee against the head and it was light off. I felt one of the best referees in the PSL missed a crucial moment yesterday. So that was a, a huge one for Black Leopards. Ultimately, though, their fate is not out of their hands. Despite uh, despite the uh, loss yesterday, they could still come back with successive uh, victories in their last two matches. And indeed, they played Barocco on the final day of the season at home. A real chance to, to claim it there, perhaps. But they've been a side that has been in the playoffs for, what, seven of the ten seasons? They're a side that's not unaccustomed to, to playing in the playoffs although they don't regularly gain promotion, shall we say. How do they take it the step up this season? I think, Dwayne, I'm, I'm, 
I was still, I'm a little bit disappointed in, in Black Leopards because you look at the players that they have. Uh, Mavota at left back, he has been in the playoffs before. You look at their right back, Munya, he has been there before. They kept in in Jangase. Uh, Mamoni, uh, Abubaka in midfield. You know, Munganga in the right. Yeah. You know, so all those players, they've got like five of their regulars that has been in, in the past two playoffs that they've played. So you, you expect them to, to know the pressure and know how to handle that pressure of the playoffs. Yet again, they, they, they let their supporters down. It was a packed uh, Tando Stadium at home. Uh, the people were there to support. But I, I felt that the players are really feeling the, the the pressure of the supporters instead of the supporters encouraging them because you could see that some of the players are not used to playing in front of such a full-packed stadium. Time is almost against us. In a word, halfway stage of this uh, team, three-team playoff, who do you think is going to be playing in the Amsterdam Premiership next season? One team. I'm from Limpopo, so as long as a Limpopo team <laughs> will win these playoffs, I'd be happy. Don't worry, that's not what we call bias. But Pumuza Manenje, always insightful. Love your views. I think you're doing brilliantly as a television analyst. I wish you every success as you continue on this uh, incredibly uh, difficult path, but it's something that you've, you've uh, taken to like a fish to water. Thank you very much for your insights and opinions tonight, and enjoy the, the remainder of the playoff games. Thank you, T. I've got uh, great uh, mentors. Uh, that's why I'm doing well, and I won't mention who's one of them, but at number one commentator is one of my mentors. That's why I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pumuzu Manenja. That's all we've got time for tonight. Stay tuned, because uh, Naledi Mulo is up after the news with the talk shop. But from uh, Siobhan Chetty and me, Dwayne DeLocca, have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.